1: We are continuing to talk to Steve Koble today and learning a lot more about what God is teaching Steve. So let's jump right back into it. Tell me something that you want that you kind of long for
0: people to know. I think I long for that as people look at other people and when they see someone that's not like them, I long for people to turn that into a celebration that we can celebrate our differences and that our differences don't dictate that we have to be against each other because of difference. And that that can be on all lines. I, I just long for humanity to come to a place that when we celebrate other people's differences, it doesn't mean that how they are different is what we are. I can be really okay with how someone's different than me. And it doesn't mean that in that difference... That because I'm okay with them doesn't mean that I have become them. What's important to them doesn't mean that it's important to me. I just celebrate that we're different. Seems like this cycle of humanity is so polarized with an exploitation of difference that there's just this chasm. I haven't really thought about that question. I mean, as far as like, just think that that's the thing that pops into my mind is, man, I just... I wish when we see others who are different than us, we could break out into a celebratory dance and just be like, yeah, You know what? We are different, and I'm I'm for you and your difference, and not filled up with rage about no, you're different than me, and I need you to be like me, and I I'm I'm really not understanding the thread of humanity that is posturing for a conversion into the sameness. That's probably the creative in me moving from realism into an
1: abstractness. I like that concept because even though I think inside of we probably are like, if only the whole world was just like me, then we'd get along. In reality, we know that that's not even the case. Even if everyone is exactly the same or exactly like you are exact, I, I'm thinking that that's going to get boring and no matter what, who you are. Like eventually it's going to get boring if we're all the same. Yeah. And I do love that concept of being able to say, how can we celebrate the difference instead of just saying, oh, you're different. Let's celebrate that. Like, I'm glad that you're not like me. Yeah. And I'd love to learn about that and actually be intrigued by the difference instead of finding where we're trying to put arm's length at the difference. Like, that doesn't sound good to me. So therefore, you must be an enemy.
0: And I think that that's the part that really came out. I learned in that lesson was from Roar's book on the divine dance and how that in groupings of three, there's not the division of enemy, but it becomes community. Dualism or a dualistic mind brings you to a place where someone's right, the other person's wrong. It's drawing lines of then gathering people to one side and pushing people into a grouping of another side. So there's the part of, well, if you believe like I believe then you're on my team but if you don't believe like i believe you're on the other team now who's going to win and that dualistic mindset then creates there's this line and division where in the trinity because of the three persons it's not like the father and the spirit are at odds against each other but but there becomes instead of it being two people with a three in the personage then within community there's a dance that occurs and an interweaving it's, it's not one is greater than the other. It's that they work in unison together for purpose. And that as, as they do that, this thing of beauty occurs. And again, why does it seem in this day and age, why it's so important that people are demanding, I need you to be agreeing with me. I need our team to win. And I, I don't know, at that point, I'm willing to say to believers, I, I think we should spend some more time on the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus' teachings about our interactions. And it seems like he turned that whole thing upside down. Say, hey, do you want to be elevated? Humble yourself. You want to be happy? Learn to weep. In me, that's what I long for.
1: I like that image of the of that dance and being able to find that in community. I mean, what we would see it with, with the Trinity, you're saying all of it's just working together. How is it that we can start to see that in our relationships in our community is learning from one another. How can we learn to dance together instead of trying to be able to figure out how to one up each other?
0: um, How can we learn to dance? Yeah. And, and I think then, if we go back to that mirror imagery, what we're really finding is if we're willing to be honest with each other is that actually our insecurities are coming out because culturally in the United States, I mean, we're capitalistic, consumer driven, and, you know, at, at a place where we we want our ball teams to be the winners, people go for championships. How many, how many different stories have you heard of people who are looking for? the corporate ladder that they can climb to a level of success. And, and yet I, I would just really speak into this part of let's look in the mirror and see where is this coming from? Is it Are we secure enough that we're not on a winning team? Are we secure enough to be able to be in the midst of a crowd and not be the majority? Are we secure enough in what we believe what is inside of us and having thought through and taken the time, not stuff that's been spoon fed to us for a populace to be able to believe, but can we come to a place where we can be confident in that which we believe, even if we're the only person believing it, and yet celebrate that someone thinks differently, acts differently, sings differently, plays guitar differently, plays drums differently, all of the different parts and the pieces coming together. And so it's learning about actually, you know, Gypsy, the dog here at the house, she wants to eat all of humanity and a lot of the animal kingdom too. If there's a rabbit or squirrel, I I'm amazed that our back door still is held up because she would just like bolt right through that stuff and take out the squirrels and the rabbits and be distracted by the neighbor and eat them too. But a lot of times I just end up my mantra to Gypsy is, you know, Gypsy, we're trying to be good neighbors here. We're just trying to be good neighbors. So then if I go to the teachings of Jesus, I'm pretty sure the call out is that we would love our neighbors as ourselves. I think the key might be not in the loving the neighbor part, but, but it might be a worthy question to consider. How are we doing loving ourselves?
1: Can we love anybody if we don't know what it means to love ourselves?
0: And I'm not saying that we would live to exalt ourselves and that's what love is. Right. I think that that pushes us into the exploration of how can you love yourself? And I think that the the, the empty set bracket at the end of this equation is, is without God's love, there will be no love. So in that relationship with God, God's love unfolds and we discover more. That's why it's not decision-based. It's theology it's not a stake in the ground this is what i believe it's it's the unfolding of the love of god in individual's life it has to be an active participation and i want to say pursuit but somebody's going to use that word and say well you're chasing after god's love and really what i'm saying is i'm chasing after the activeness, that it's in pursuit. By chasing, I don't mean that it can't be grasped. I'm saying I'm going after it. i actively involved in relationship with God. As God's love unfolds in me, then I am moved to a place to be able to get beyond my own failings and be able to receive God's love for myself. And in that lovingness, then I'm able to move and to love my neighbor's as I have been loved. It's not an easy pursuit. I just think it's it, it, it's dignity. By, by being willing to enter into conversation that way, it's an act of dignity. Where in pursuing and asking question, you don't have to be right about in in the conversation. What does it mean to care for someone else enough that you would love to hear their process of how they got to the point of where their viewpoint is? And it doesn't have to be exercised on both sides of the conversation. I think we need to be the catalyst of that kind of thing and being able to use that as an expression of dignity. I really think what's going on is really politics have become a point of venting or release for people about what is out of their control. Instead of coming to a place inwardly and being able to focus and say, this is what is spinning out of control in my own life internally, let's use politics as the topic that we can talk about publicly instead of my own internal Spiral of what is out of control. I think that's maybe why the dynamic of the political realm at large being so divisive is it's become the common, oh, well, it's nice outside. Isn't this lovely weather? It's a beautiful day. Yeah, wonderful hey, what part do we want to be able to gripe about in regards to one side of the aisle or another side of the aisle? And then, hey, how about we go right here? This is the cynic in me. We could say, well, they're all corrupt. It doesn't even matter. Give us a third party or whatever. But this this is corruption at at its greatest, and I'm gonna come back to the mirror and say, what part of your own corruption are you willing to deal with? I think we got a lot of internal work that needs to happen within all of ourselves and humanity, and as I'm saying that, it's because this is what I find myself doing. So let me project on others what I think other people should be doing that I'm in the midst of doing myself. By the way, the internal work, it's not fun. It's not easy, nor is it enjoyable. By the way, come follow me, follow Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the things that I really love about songwriters that I listen to to that pull me in and they move me is when they're blatantly transparent and vulnerable. You know, it just seems that a lot of times in life, people are so afraid of being rejected that what they end up doing is they build up these walls so that people can't see really what's going on. And yet that's the medicine. The medicine is the transparency and the vulnerability and being able, it moves back into the early part that we talked about in regards to confession, but it also is an expression of community to be able to create this place where as you are transparent, as, as you're able to be exposed and vulnerable with others, that's where community then builds In intimacy and creates this togetherness that is a strong bond. I think that there's a lot of a lot of fodder, and I'll go back again. No wonder it came up. Joshua chapter one, verse nine. Be strong, be of good courage. In that a true sign of strength isn't how much weight you can lift. It's how vulnerable are you willing to be. So when lives crumble out of fear that people might find out they don't have it all together, the cost for the soul to be able to move into strength is to tear down the wall and to be vulnerable. And here's, here's the tricky part. You don't have to worry about how others will receive your vulnerability. You have to come to a place that you're strong enough to endure your own and how many of us are afraid of being exposed i'm afraid
1: that somebody's going to figure out i'm a fraud i actually don't have what it takes to do my job do my parenting do my, i mean you pick whatever it is like i'm afraid that i'm going to be exposed as a fraud and that leads us to to all kinds of protection like we want to be protected from fraud
0: and so the walls that we build up the the self-made castles of isolation we spend our time looking for block, mixing the mortar, building up these walls, making sure they're fortified so that we can be able to be a people that are self-isolating in the midst of the multitude. And yet then when we're forced into isolation, we're forced to face the walls that we've built. We're forced to look into the mirror of the people that we are behind those walls. That is so true.
1: All right, Steve. Well, I appreciate your time and we'll, uh, we'll check in sometime soon. Okay. Sounds great. Take care. Love (laughs) you. All right. Love you too. It was great sitting down with Steve. I hope you uh, learned a lot and got a lot of great nuggets and would continue to even go back and listen to those things over and over again that we can learn and grow together. Steve and I did mention and talk about how he could be a frequent contributor to the podcast, and so we'll look for those opportunities in the future. All right, everybody, have a great weekend, and we will see you next week. Be well.